How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. Today, we are discussing Isaiah Conner-Falefa, this infield, and how the Boston Red Sox may be an underrated trade target for the Yankees in terms of offloading IKF if he does not win that shortstop battle. Now, we all know the infield is kind of... I guess in a, in a bit a bit of a predicament at this point in time, there's a, a logjam kind of going on with Josh Donaldson, IKF, Peraza, Glaber Torres, DJ LeMayhew, um, Anthony Volpe will be in the mix at some point in time. There's a lot of talent and not a lot of spots. So the question is, who is going to be the odd man out or who are the multiple odd men out? Because right now, it seems like DJ LeMay, he will have, has the fast track to starting at third base if Gleyber Torres isn't traded. And it doesn't seem like he's going to be traded. So he'll start at second base. And then, you know, Peraza is projected to win that starting shortstop battle. So now you have IKF, you have Josh Donaldson, you have a couple of players here who who are making some good money. And the Yankees may be able to offload those and, and save some cash and then go into the future, go into the season at the, and, you know, maybe. Bring, um, bring in some more bullpen support or bring in a, a left fielder to compete in free agency or really just allocate it toward um, a trade acquisition um, down the road at the deadline this upcoming summer. Uh, but, you know, IKF, we're going to discuss him, you know, what this may look like for him, the situation that's about to unfold. He signed a one-year $6 million deal. Uh, but Ryan, before we dive into it, how you do today, my friend? I'm doing great. You know, you look at the situation with IKF, and I feel like unlike Donaldson, where you feel like you're kind of worried about finding a suitor if someone's going to be willing to take on that money, I think people are going to be willing to trade for IKF. We just saw Miguel Rojas trade to the Dodgers, and I, I would say that Miguel Rojas and Isaiah kind of fluff are, are kind of the same player. Um, you know, I know Rojas performs better and outs above average, but again, uh, it, it seems as if teams do view Isaiah kind of fluff as a good defender, uh, unlike outs above average, you know, probably more so how DRS views uh, Isaiah kind of fluff both of them are kind of light hitting shortstops IKF is faster right now so and he's a little younger so he's a little more athletic probably can play more positions uh quite frankly you get one year by Isaiah kind of fluffy for six million dollars if you need infield depth and Boston's gonna need infield depth they just lost Trevor Story to uh, uh an elbow surgery I'm not sure if it's exactly Tommy John surgery I know it's an elbow bracing surgery uh but he will be out for six to nine months uh from now so um, they probably won't see him until July earliest uh, and worst case scenario, they won't see him until September. So, uh, you know, it, it's not even just the Red Sox. Other teams could potentially use uh, an infielder, whether it's IKF at shortstop or just rotating him throughout the infield. Um, you know, the Yankees can definitely get a deal done, I think, here. And as you mentioned, you know, even if the Yankees aren't trading Isaiah kind of uh, you know, with the hopes of adding someone right now, they're, they're trading Isaiah kind of and opening up uh, a luxury tax space so that when they trade for someone at the deadline, they don't need them to take they don't need the other team to take on any money. They can kind of save some prospects. You know, usually if you're asking your team, hey, pay the rest of this player's salary, that requires you offering a little bit more in terms of uh, prospects. And the Yankees probably want to avoid that because they don't have to uh, give up another prospect, give up a lower level guy that can potentially turn out to be pretty good, whether it's as a reliever or uh, a for even a fourth outfielder, right? You, you kind of want to keep your value in your organization. Uh, and I think Boston is a pretty good fit for IKF, especially considering that that left field uh, is pretty short. You know, you have Fenway, uh, that green monster, right? Big, big, big part of the ballpark. Very important part of uh, why the Red Sox like getting right-handed hitters. So I I'm not saying this to say that Isaiah kind of fluff is going to change Boston forever. He's going to like be like a franchise shortstop. But he's a decent major league player. And decent major league players have trade value. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to Isaiah Conner-Falefa, what does he offer the Yankees right now that is going to maybe be more valuable than what the Red Sox can offer in return? Um, so I guess the question, Ryan, is, and you know, we can talk about this back and forth, what would the Red Sox be willing to give up for IKF? Now, he's on a one-year $6 billion deal, as I said before. He's your stopgap just to hold over Trevor Story um, going down. 
Are the Red Sox going to be a competitive team this year? Probably not. They lost a couple of big names. They didn't really do anything big in free agency. It doesn't seem like they are tooling up to be a competitive team. Um, but nonetheless, you never know. Teams rise from the ashes, and the Red Sox, I don't think, will do that. But you, who knows? I mean, maybe IKF goes on to have 140 WRC plus and becomes the best comeback player in the history of baseball. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, him playing shortstop is and always has been a stopgap solution for the Yankees. He was supposed to be good enough to hold it down while we were waiting for Volpe and Peraza to come up and make an impact. Now, we saw Peraza. They bench IKF during the ALDS against Minnesota for Peraza. ALCS, they do it again. And, you know, if you're looking at third base, IKF won a gold glove there. And a lot of people would say, you know, why don't we move IKF to third base? Well, you got Donaldson and DJ LeMahieu. And DJ LeMahieu had a 992 fielding percentage last year with, what, seven defensive runs saved and four outs above average. He, he matched um, Donaldson's seven defensive runs in about a third of the innings. So, you know, you're looking at DJ Mayhew. He can play pretty much every defensive alignment in the infield, and he's pretty good at all of them. I'd say shortstop is probably his weakest link there. But again, you're not, he's never going to play shortstop. That's not what he's there for. He can play second base, first base, and third base at a pretty high level. Um, IKF. If he loses that shortstop battle, and I imagine he will because he's not a great infielder um, when it comes to playing shortstop at a high level, the routine ground balls, the 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 skip the skipping balls before first base, you know, all those variables definitely play a big role in our opinion of him. But right now, I kind of get the sense that if IKF loses that battle, which is probable, they're going to try and trade him because what value does he have beyond playing shortstop? Volpe is going to be called up at some point, and I think that they would rather, and I think this is the argument, Ryan, they would rather call up Volpe and have him supplement shortstop than put IKF back into that position. You know what I mean? Would you agree with that? Because I feel like that's a pretty reasonable take. Yeah, I don't think the Yankees want to be in a position where they're starting Isaiah kiner falefa again. Um, I know that that's one of those uh, situations where, you know, if there's enough injuries, you, you know, you just kind of like to have the depth, but there's just not much to gain from having from having Isaiah kiner falefa start at shortstop. There's no upside. There's no, you know, guy goes out there and makes an impact for your lineup. This team needs bats, right? This team has consistently, over the offseason, the goal is, you know, improve yourself internally, improve yourself in the infield, right? And whether that's with your prospects or externally, you got to get better. The bats are not good enough in terms of Isaiah kiner falefa Josh Donaldson. Uh, uh, you know, you can't have that, right? You can't have that again. You can't have the left side of the infield. So uh, I think a big key and a big component for this team next year is is avoiding, you know, not trusting their their prospects and their young guys. I think they didn't trust the young guys enough all season, and I think that's what burned them uh, come October. So I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, look, when you're looking at this team right now, ICAF's value is diminishing at a pretty pretty substantial rate. I, I would say his his role is not defined. His role is probably a reserve at the very at the very most this upcoming season. Now, Ryan, if you're looking at what to return, if you're looking at what the Yankees could get back. Um, in a prospective deal from the Red Sox, are you looking for free agents? Or rather, are you looking for proven talent? Are you looking for um, prospects or cash considerations? You know, what do you think is a reasonable haul in return for IKF? It's not going to be a big one, but it, it could be something, you know, some, some low-level prospects with some promise maybe. Yeah, so if we're looking at prospects, yeah, it's going to be a lower-level guy without much uh, value. Uh, but if you're looking at major league options, right, you know, you're kind of looking for whatever high, whatever high octane reliever you can find that has like no control, and hope that you roster them and you figure out their command, right? That's that's really the the, the only way to look at it for relievers. You're not looking for someone with like great command and doesn't have any good stuff because, quite frankly, those guys don't have much upside. And if they're already struggling at the major league level, they're probably don't they're not going to get much better. Um, you know, Boston is a team that necess doesn't necessarily have the pitching development 
development the Yankees do. So you kind of look at guys on that roster, and you're like, okay, which guys here, you know, have high level stuff? Where, the, you know, I look at a guy like Caleb Ort, who he can throw pretty hard uh, in terms of uh, stuff plus. I'm trying to pull up his stuff plus numbers right now. A 123.5 stuff plus. I mean, he's 30 years old. I don't think Boston's very keen on, uh, not keen on releasing him i don't think they're going to get rid of they don't want to get rid of him just you know just to get rid of him but i i do think there's a lot of upside here right the the era in his career 6.28 it's not good it's, it's definitely not good uh but we're talking about someone who registers high and stuff plus someone who is you know isn't a command first guy uh and that's probably what leads to a lot of their struggles this is a guy that you could probably pick up for ikf you know he's got two minor league options remaining he's 30 years old he's got you know six years of service time remaining um Boston would probably be willing to move him for IKF. I mean, I don't know how much they value him in the organization, but I don't imagine a 30-year-old reliever is valued that highly in an organization. Um, if you can get a guy like that and kind of throw him in AAA or throw him uh, in it with a chance to make the major league roster, right? Like, that's the type of guy you kind of uh, look at uh, at the major league level to get in a, in a deal, especially since he has minor league options, so you don't have to be forced to roster him. You could send him down if anything goes wrong. Um, and, and if you're looking for prospects, it's probably going to be some random, you know, player to be named later type caliber guy. You're not going to get a great prospect out of it. So I would look more towards like, hey, let's find some, let's find whatever guy throws gas and they're willing to get rid of uh, and see, go from there, if that's possible. That's not, you know, that's, that's not a given. And you're not guaranteed anything like that, but uh, definitely opting for bullpen help if I'm looking for the major level because it's probably the only place you can get something of note. Yeah, I mean, I think that's reasonable. Uh, getting a guy like an Albert Abreu or whatever it might be, just high velocity kind of pitcher, um, you're really looking to offload the salary. You know, this is not about getting prospects back. This is more or, more or less we need the $6 million and we want to allocate that toward a left fielder. Maybe bring in Profar to compete. Um, uh, it seems like he's going to want a long-term deal, so I doubt that's actually a possibility. Uh, but, you know, maybe you bring in a guy who can just compete or you can bring in another bullpen arm. There's some bullpen pieces back. Um, you know, still on the free agent market, why not go and add more support to the bullpen if you're going to go that route? So, you know, there are things the Yankees can do. Um, IKF right now, I'd say, is probably the most expendable piece. But with that being said, spring training, I get the sense that they're they're going to make a lot of decisions based on how individuals perform during spring training. You know, Volpe, he's going to have a big opportunity. Peraza, of course, big opportunity. Gleyber Torres, I think we know what we have. His projections, and here's the thing, Ryan, like Gleyber Torres' projections for next year are very solid. You know, he's, he's very tough, a 3.4 war player. You know what I mean? He was a what, 3.8, 3.6 war player back in 2019 when he hit, what, 34 homers or something like that. This is that they're projecting him to have an even better campaign than last year and get on base at like a 32, 33% clip, which is pretty solid. I would say that if, if Torres takes that step forward and maintains his defensive efficiency, which he was pretty solid last year, I, I don't know if they if they view that as leverage to trade him. They're like, wow, he's playing so well. This movement, the deadline for, you know, whatever to supplement another position. Or they're like, this guy is an asset. He's playing well for us. He's playing good defense. He's, you know, just performing exceptionally well for the most part. We don't need to move him, but what does that do to Volpe? What does that do to Peraza? What does that do to DJ LeMahieu? They found the Yankees have kind of found themselves in a predicament right now, and, and and it's interesting. I'm really curious to see how this unfolds, Ryan. If you had to guess, what do you think happens here? Because 21 million for Donaldson to sit on the bench is going to irk Cashman. It's going to irk Boone. It's going to irk Hal Steinbrenner. But when you're looking at the best players available, there we have. It seems obvious, but I feel like. There's going to be some problems that arise that we just don't know exactly how to how to solve this. This is going to be this is more difficult than it seems, in my opinion. Yeah, so it's one of those things where you know the Yankees can't buy can't get caught up in sunk fallacy costs. They can't, you know. The, I hope I said that right. <laughs> uh, but 
you know, they can't get caught up in the idea of, hey, we already invested all this money into Donaldson. I guess we have to start him. Like, you don't, right? Because you're probably Benjamin LeMahieu in that situation. You just invested, you know, you have more long-term money, uh, more money committed, more years committed to LeMahieu than you do Donaldson. So let's keep LeMahieu as a starter and not start Donaldson because I know what LeMahieu is going to give me. And it's going to be similar defense with a much higher upside bat and a, and a more useful bat. Here's the thing. The Yankees need a leadoff hitter, and that's DJ LeMahieu, right? And then Glaber Torres. If the Yankees keep Glaber Torres to bench him, um, that'd be a unique decision. That'd be an interesting, uh, uh, definitely an interesting decision. <laughs> Paid $10 million for a guy to freaking uh, uh, ride the bench. It, it doesn't make any sense to me, especially since that's a guy with high upside. And if you if you have him ride the bench, you're killing his, his trade value because teams are going to know you don't need him and teams are going to know you aren't using him. And they're not going to give up much for him because they're going to be like, you know, you're you're rostering him to your expense you know it's it's not we have they'll sit and wait they'll play the waiting game with the Yankees uh so I I don't think Brian Cashman's thinking to himself let me kill Glaber Torres's value or let me not play my uh DJ LeMahieu who's my leadoff hitter I think the way he sees it is you know Donaldson's gonna rotate in and in, out of the lineup you know when certain guys need days off um and that's his role right you know yes they're paying 25 million dollars for that and that's not great but the Yankees, the Yankees cut Jacoby Ellsbury. You know, they, they, they should have cut the guy. <laughs> they had him, you know, for two years, basically, not pay, play baseball. Uh, they benched Aaron Hicks for him when he was, like, I think four years into his deal. He hadn't even, wasn't, even, wasn't even in his last, the last year of that contract. And they, they benched Aaron, him for Aaron Hicks in the postseason. So, um, you know, I know that's a while ago, and I know that it's kind of a blast from the past. But that's kind of the last massive, disastrous contract the Yankees have had. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I don't think the Yankees are going to let a contract like that um, allow uh, prevent them from doing what they think is the right thing to do. Um, and I think they, I think they're aware of the fact that they have two two infielders who deserve to start in LeMahieu and Torres, and and Donaldson just doesn't fit in the starting lineup on opening day unless someone goes down with injury. And he's good insurance to have. You know, ultimately, you know, I can I can get on Josh Donaldson, but because of how good he is defensively, and I imagine the bat's going to be around league average. Like that's a decent third baseman. You know, that's better than having like Andrew Velasquez or, or uh, I mean. Uh, gosh, I can't even. There are just so many uh, ran. Uh, there are just so many random infielders the Yankees have rostered over the last few years. Uh, but Josh Donaldson's probably better insurance than anyone you could have possibly imagined on the free agent market right now. So it, 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 I have no problem with him riding the bench. I don't think the Yankees have a problem with him riding the bench. He's probably going to still play some a lot of games unless he gets traded, which is seems unlikely. Uh, just because the Yankees not only are they a team that, you know, baseball is a game where people get injured all the time. Uh, and, and the Yankees in particular, they have some older guys like LeMahieu and Rizzo that they'd probably like to nurse uh, and not keep, uh, you know, playing every single day and, and unnecessarily run them into a wall. Stan's probably going to get some days off of DH. Bader's probably going to need some days off. You know, stuff is going to happen. Stuff is going to come up where Donaldson's going to need to play. And, and that's how they'll get his games in. Just like how they did with Torres last year. They didn't start Torres, right? They didn't trade him and they didn't start him on opening day. And he ended up becoming a big part of this team. So I'm not saying he's going to go out and you know, hit 24 home runs with a 115 WRC plus like Torres did, but he's going to get his games in. Yeah, I mean, from what it seems like, management is still very keen on giving Donaldson another opportunity. They think that he's going to come alive again. Um, I think that's an optimistic viewpoint. I think we can all kind of agree on that, but we'll see what happens. I think that having good depth is is a good problem to have. You know, it's not a, it's not a problem. In fact, it's a solution. The injuries are prevalent in, in baseball. Injuries are prevalent in every sport. The Yankees specifically are very susceptible to getting injured for some whatever odd reason. And having guys like Donaldson who can supplement that is a very good thing. You know, even if it's going to cost you a lot, it's going to cost you anyway. No one wants him. We are not going to be able to trade Josh Donaldson because his baggage and his salary and everything in between, if he bounces back offensively, he will be an asset for us. But again, 
it's an optimistic viewpoint. It's not a bad problem to have. He, at the very least, is going to offer you um, gold glove level defense, or at least close to it. So I feel I feel good on that end. But we'll see what happens, guys. This infield's kind of conundrum is coming to a peak in spring training, and I'm I'm very excited to see how this unfolds. You know how this looks when spring training ends and what the infield kind of looks like, and if they make any trades and make any moves. The next month is going to be dry, but after that, it's going to ramp up. We got you guys covered on everything New York Yankees. Any piece of content that you guys are looking for, it will be here on the Fireside Yankees YouTube channel, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. We got it covered on all formats. So if you're new to the channel, make sure to like, make sure to subscribe, because you're not going to want to miss the content we have coming out for you guys. But as always, we'd love to hear perspectives and opinions in the YouTube comments below. Always happy to have have good conversations with you down there. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Have a fantastic weekend. Let's go freaking Giants. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fry Side Yankees episode.